plugging. Hello, uh, my name is Cherie Hansen, and I'd like to take a few moments before I start to introduce myself. Uh, one of the things I've been learning in the last year is a little bit more about reaching out and letting people know what I can offer them. Um, what I have done in the past is study like crazy, go to seminars, sit with Gabor Mate for seven days, uh, journal, sit with teachers, and I just kept it all in the house. It's kind of like uh, I have this thing that I can offer you, only I don't have enough courage to actually offer it. So I'm trying to grow in my spirit about this. Um, I have been posting many, many YouTube videos, sharing everything I'm learning as I'm learning it. Uh, I would say compulsively or passionately. I have been putting up live videos on Facebook so that people can find a place to uh, help them process the things that are going on in the world right now. Um, I see myself, not only am I a psychic channel, but I'm also a channel for teachers because I go out and learn everything I can from really brilliant teachers with the goal of bringing it back for you so that you can learn how to, <clears throat> to create yourself in your own life. One of the things <clears throat> that I've noticed um, is that we are in a state of overwhelm. And I was very curious about when that happens. And they talk about the, the uh, signs of overwhelm. Um, early on, you get fight or flight, and then you get freeze. And then as we're learning from our teachers, you get fawn. Fawning is when you try so hard to find an authority figure or somebody you think holds power outside of you to just love you and think you're wonderful. Um, all of these things are a dead end. All of these things end up disarming us of our own individual power. So I would invite you to come and look. Just search uh, under my name. Um, and uh, I'll just hold that up. You got me? Ah, there I am. That's my name. Anyway, search under that uh, on the YouTube channel. Search under that for my blog I've been writing since 2008, uh, and uh, it now has almost 73,000 subscribers. I'm also writing for medium.com, um, observations and things I'm learning to share with people. And on Thursday night, I hold a 20-minute uh, grounding and deep breathing meditation to just kind of flush out <laughs> all of the spiky, jagged emotions that we might be carrying around and also to teach people how to come back to a calm, set place. Um, I'm going to start today with a, 
uh, just a couple of lines out of a poem that uh, I learned about when I was in university, and it's always stayed with me. It's like a prayer for me, and it's Walt Whitman's Song of Myself. It's the first stanza. I celebrate myself and sing myself in what I assume you shall assume for every atom belonging to me as good belongs to you. And what this uh, beginning of this magnificent poem is saying is that we exist in two ways. One way is as the individual, as a person who has a narrative, a story, ancestors, uh, DNA, and uh, thoughts, imprintings. We also exist in a more real sense as one of everything. So we are part of the universe. We are the energy that flows through the universe and it flows through us. And that line does so much clearing when I hear it because I come to understand that all of the divisiveness and the separateness and the selecting who to hate and who to belong to and you know, who to be afraid of um, is just not understanding the way that the universe works because we are all exactly the same energy. So everything I am experiencing in my particular individual discrete experience is shared by everyone else that has that is living on the face of the earth now, that has lived on the face of the earth, or who will live on the face of the earth. <clears throat> and um, I did just kind of a, um, just a flow of phrases and words to bring to you for consideration. These are questions that we're facing right now. The questions are, what is our journey? What is our purpose? What is our lesson? What are we supposed to be learning now? What does our existence mean? What is our belief system? What is the body? What's going on in the body? What are my values? What are my priorities? What is my focus this year, this month, this day, this breath? What is the lighthouse that I have shining in my 
journey of this life? What is my power? What is our power? What is our prison? What is our tight clinging? What is our past? What is our inheritance? What is our imprinting? What is our ancestor's story? What is written in our DNA? And stepping back and looking with a curious, gentle, open mind, we can ask the question, what is my conditioning? What is the conditioning that I receive from my family, from my culture, from my cohort? And those are various cohorts. One is people of my age, people of my sexuality, people who are in my class, people of my race. How have I been imprinted, conditioned, just by living in these various groups? Who do we connect to? That's a big question in our lives. And one of the ways we can tell is when you light up. Whose pain do you immediately feel in your body? When you see someone else who is suffering, who is having difficulties, um, who is in mental or physical agony, do you feel it in your body? And why that particular person? Whose victory lights us up? And ask the question, why that particular person? And not everyone that I meet or see. Who do I connect to? So we have various layers of our system. And this is, uh, I'm learning more and more about this as I'm watching the series, Healing Our Collective Trauma. It's uh, got brilliant speakers. Um, as I said, I have sat with Gabor Mate for seven uh, days and learned so much about <clears throat> the imprinting of trauma on all levels of our being. I knew about this uh, marginally because my whole life I've been interested in studying how the brain works, how the neurons work, um, how we uh, have our brains processing information because the things we're thinking aren't always necessarily true. <laughs> it's a function of so many conditionings. Um, so what they found in the 70s was they put uh, people under an infrared and looked at their neurological pathways and they could see that the physiological structure of the brain of someone 
who had been abused under the age of 13 was markedly different than the way that a brain works for somebody who grew up in an environment when uh, they were protected and cared for and uh, did not become traumatized in those early years. So the, the difficulty that we have as an individual is we are called on to step back and to look at our entire operating system. <laughs> you, can, you can think of it like a machine or software, or you can think about it like a business. Um, and one of the questions to ask yourself is always, am I running this business efficiently? Is the operating system that I'm using um, helping me achieve a place of calm and peace and power? So that means mindfulness. That means stepping back and really looking at all of the elements of ourselves. And it's wonderful when you start to get an understanding of this. In the Healing Collective Trauma Seminar, um, they indicate that lab rats, where they have looked at a lab rat who suffered trauma, the male rat will gift the trauma, isn't that a great word? Will gift the trauma to the offspring in the egg so that they can tell in the, the baby rat, the trauma markers that were in the father are now in the baby rat. So now we know for sure, since 2015, this evidence has been out there, that if you've gone on ancestry and done research of your family line and all of the things that have come down through your father, those are imprinted in your cells. They're in there. Now, that's kind of mind-blowing because when we are looking at ourselves, we only see the tiny top of the iceberg. You know, uh, I was embarrassed when I was in grade three and I wet my pants and my seat was dripping and that's that's uh the trauma that i had in my life no 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 you have trauma in you from your parents picking you up during a war bundling you up and running for the hills so they didn't get killed there is a lot of trauma that we carry in our bodies and in our dna so um, another thing that I think is really interesting to, to uh, I think, just validate us, you know, so what we tend to do, what I tend to do is I tend to say, you're overreacting or what's wrong with you? And when you think about the generations of trauma that you carry in your body, I think it's very optimistic because you can say to yourself, 
I have healed some of this. I have gotten to a place where I feel this emotional spike. I feel this adrenaline. I feel this urge to run away. Um, and I have sat with it. I have worked through it and I have let it go. So the other really interesting point about these uh, longitudinal studies of um, handing off the damaged, the trauma-marked genes to the offspring is that there are ways for you to know, you know where you have been damaged in this. And that is, this is very interesting in our society because we embrace it, when there's a lot of thought. So if your great-grandfather had a trauma in a particular event that's been passed to you, when you are experiencing something that is like it, what you're going to do is you're going to go up here, immediately up uh, out of your body, because the body's not safe. <laughs> I'm getting out of here. Beats, get me out of here. <laughs> and you are going to overthink. You're going to have 10,000 words flooding in. And the reason for this is because what you're doing is anything that isn't a healed trauma, you're going to try and numb out. And this is what our society applauds, encourages us to do. So let's just go through some of the ways in which we are taught to stay out of our bodies, to numb out, and to not feel. First of all, thinking a hell of a lot, which isn't doing anything because you're not feeling anything at all. I have coached people from all over the world for 40 years. And one of the first questions I ask a client is, where are you? Let's take a breath in. Where are you? Where do you live in your body? And most people who are having a lot of trouble are up here. They're in this thought process. I'm thinking, I'm thinking, I'm thinking, I'm thinking. Um, some people get stuck here in throat. And these are the people that are constantly retelling you the story of how bad their lives were. You know, somebody cut me off in traffic this morning and six years ago, my ex, you know, he totaled my car. And so um, I call this dragging in the dead buffalo. Everybody has the dead buffalo past. It's a big smelly carcass of horrible things that have happened to you. So you pull it in by the tail and drop it down. I'm gonna tell you all of the bad stuff I've gone through. And these are the people that are usually stuck in the throat chakra. And it's for a reason, because what it does is it numbs us out. I know it sounds terrible. I'm gonna do a whole bunch of, I'm gonna do a whole bunch of drama and negative talk and really focus on my past, which I have no power over because I don't wanna be in my body and I don't wanna feel what's going on in my body. But 
this culture also encourages us to get busy. This is the unguent. This is the polysporin that we put on every single injury, uh, injury or wound. I'm busy. So we get it out, we take the cap off, we push some of it out, we spread the busy on uh, whatever's hurting us, and then we brag about it. So um, people will ask one another, checking in, saying, how's your numbing out going? <laughs> what are you busy? What are you busy doing? What are you be? Are you busy? Are you, you know, and uh, for a person to be able to give up that reinforcement, um, that flagging of virtue by being busy is really counterproductive right now because uh, we're going to talk a little bit about the various lasagna layers of trauma that we're going through right now. I'm just talking now about your particular DNA embedded trauma. So you get busy and then you get an adrenaline hit. That feels great. Or you get into drama and you get an adrenaline hit or uh, this is mine. It's really funny when COVID was in severe lockdown, I had to go get a prescription and I was at the drugstore and I was standing there and I, I'm going, well, I'm going to pick up my prescription, but I haven't been able to buy anything. <laughs> I could just feel it. I mean, it was like an alcoholic or, you know, just sheer addiction. So I went over to a shelf and I got this really good, sturdy uh, toenail clipper. <laughs> and I'd say to myself, it's okay to give in to this urge to buy something to consume because I know my toenails are going to grow out. <laughs> so I gave myself absolution. <laughs> but I could see I could see my emotional reaction. My emotional reaction was, oh, I have power. I bought something. Look at me. I have efficacy. I can make a difference in the world. I can go out and just bring something home. And I went back to the car. I looked at the toenail clippers. And I was just laughing at myself. I'm just going, wow. You know, when you see how much you've been conditioned to do something to avoid healing a problem. Uh, other ones that we do, which we just love, uh, is alcohol consumption is going up really high right now. And lots of people are sharing pictures of themselves drinking. This has now become um, a way to garner attention, positive attention. Look at me, look how much I drink. Um, it's my neighbors uh, who, who smoke pot, not close by, but on the two blocks. I can get high just walking the sidewalk now because they're smoking so much. <laughs> you know, there's just like this cloud and the smell that you walk through it. You go, oh my God. They're just like, I don't want to feel, I don't want to feel, make it go away. 
So, you know, anytime we look at somebody else doing an addiction that's not our addiction, we have a tendency to attack and blame them. But we have to keep in mind that all addictions come from the same place, and that is pain. And that is trying to numb out. So this trauma that we are carrying, we were already carrying from our ancestors in our DNA, from their stories. And if you get a chance, go on Ancestry and find out what happened in your father's family. Take it back. I'm back to the 1400s. I am just like, really? No, just leave us alone. <laughs> and the other trauma that we carry, which is really um, the only one that psychologists have really looked at and examined, is our trauma under the age of seven, because the markers are so clear when you weren't protected. And why it's under the age of seven is because you didn't have words yet. Words help you take the trauma from the amygdala, uh, take it along uh, the hippocampus to the prefrontal lobes, where you now have the ability to process it. I know it's not elegant, but I think of it like uh, the digestive system. You know, it's like you ate something and it's just not passing through your body. So it's a kind of emotional constipation. Um, and we know that if the trauma was young enough and was severe enough, what happens is the amygdala grows very large and fires frequently. And these are people with high anxiety disorder. And you can see it in the structure of the amygdala. You can see that it's enlarged, you can see that it's firing. So we've got the DNA trauma from our ancestors. We've got our own particular DNA trauma that comes from our early childhood. And we have the shared trauma of COVID, the pandemic, um, and climate disruption and economic failure and watching what I call the incivility wars. They're not civil. I don't know why they call them that. Nobody's being civil. <laughs> so what we have now is we've got so many layers of this trauma that it's kind of like I liken it to somebody who's not managing their life mindfully like a good business. They use their visa and they use it again and again and again. And they're putting themselves further and further into a uh, jeopardized state. And that's what trauma does to us, is it puts us into a jeopardized state. Um, and one of the traumas we're experiencing right now, um, I think is fascinating. It's something that one of my teachers was talking about the other day. When our instincts tell us that something is good and true, and our 
authority figures or the people that we rely on either tell us the opposite or mommy and daddy are fighting so we don't know who to believe they find when they scan bodies and look for signs of trauma that's a trauma in itself because there's a disconnect from what you're seeing and believing is reality and what the authorities are able to present to you as a reality and it is it is really being um just hyperbolic right now because we no longer have our cohort to run to you know and they'll put their arms around us and tell us that yes the sky is pink don't believe other people what we're finding is everybody is in their own belief system at this current time uh, one of my friends said it's like we're all on different planets and i said yes that's exactly where we are so people tell you things that you are shocked to hear uh, about their belief system I'll, I'll give you one that I saw on Facebook <laughs> that the contrails are put up there by aliens and that's the reason we're getting COVID and that um, evil geniuses are creating a vaccine that's going to chip us and change our fingerprints well <laughs> i thought it was quite beautiful because they <laughs> managed to put every single weird thought about a conspiracy all in one suitcase and so you're watching this kind of stuff come up and so we have to keep in mind that when we are hearing this confusion, what we tend to do is we tend to get re-traumatized and wounded. When we are re-traumatized, we are uh, defenseless. We're in a position where we no longer trust our instinct, our goals, our gut, our values um and we become paralyzed and we become very weak what happens when you're in that state you follow a strong leader this is always what happens with human psychology if you can traumatize people enough they will give up thinking for themselves and feeling for themselves and they will follow someone they think is strong so this is an element of trauma that we're having to deal with right now. And I always believe that it is best to see everything. Um, if I wanna be somebody who's operating my life, if I wanna be somebody who knows what my purpose is, what my goal is, what my methodology is, I need to know these things because I know I'm strong enough to know them. If I know them, it's easier for me to drop down into my body. So this is the thing that really interests me is um, my belief system, my cosmology. So if I'm on my own planet, I have 
a constellation of stars <laughs> above me. I have a certain amount of oxygen. I have a belief in plenty or scarcity. This system that I've created is one that I have created. And this is where our power comes from, is when we understand that looking at everything, it's like somebody who's running a business. They say, oh, I don't know anything about finances. Well, you're not running your business then. I don't know anything, take me for instance. I'm not very good at publicizing myself. Well, I'm not, my system is failing because I'm not taking care of the things that need to be taken care of. So we need to try to imagine that we're adults. <laughs> you might take a moment for that. I do this all the time. I say to myself, what would I do right now if I were an adult? <laughs> and I, I think it really helps a lot. Um, our sense of self is built from the mirrors. Our parents' words to us, their treatment to us, the way they labeled us, our relatives' feedback, our experiences at school, are like the universe talking to us. And so we get to a place where we believe our mirrors. If I'm an adult and if I am in charge of my own planet, I need to know what the subconscious mind is trying to uh, do to handicap me. You can't do this. You're not good enough. You're not bright enough. Um, I don't know how many people I've talked to who will talk about how they became very expressionless because their parents would turn around and look at them and slap them and say, get that look off your face. You know, so what happens is somehow when I have an expression on my face, it's evil. So I'm not going to have any expression at all the rest of my life. So this is how we get into a place where we're creating ourselves. Our instincts can be trusted if we have mindfulness practice, if we're standing back and if we are saying, what's she doing? Where is that coming from? So I am going to take you through the amazing questions that Gabor Mate taught me for dismantling all of this automatic behavior that is uh, being driven by past trauma. Um, inherited trauma that was not healed shows up always as numbness. What am I feeling? I don't know. Where am I? Well, I'm not in my body. Uh, we shift into thought, into logic, into drifting out above our bodies. I can't be heard if I'm not in my body. Watch the moments when you drift out above your body. And when you feel a trigger coming on, you stop, take a breath, and ask questions. What am I feeling right now? And then you check your body. You check your back of your neck, your shoulders, 
your hands? Are your hands in fists? Um, are you breathing shallowly? Uh, are you, uh, do you have a relaxed stomach or is it tense? Some people even tense up their kneecaps because they kind of lock into place when they're, when they're having a triggering experience. So we ask, what am I feeling right now? Where is it in my body? What triggered this emotional reaction? And that takes somebody who's very skilled at stepping back and being curious and not trying to hold on to some negative story. Oh my God, that person was so mean to me. It's got nothing to do with that. It is this moment where you did not feel safe, you did not feel love. You are experiencing that emotion. And then we ask the biggest question of all, and how is this exactly like my experience in my childhood? What experience as a young child is this exactly like? I will share with you uh, the, the mindfulness practice I had to go through about the COVID epidemic. I was raised in a household where neither of the authority figures uh, kept their promises to keep me safe, to protect me, to not hurt me, to not expose me to damage. So I, when it first came up, I, I noticed that I was really blaming people. I would go out and I would see people walking around without a mask and I would see people gathering in groups in the party down the street with 50 people. And I was so angry. And I had to ask myself, why are you so pissed off? I mean, it's like not having enough pissed off paint to paint the entire world. <laughs> you know, I'm just sorry I've only got this much so I can just hate these people and not people I don't even see. Um, and I came back to the idea that, well, I experienced being with authority figures who promised to take care of me and others that promised to take care of me and they did not. So it's triggering this trauma that I went through as a child. So that helped me to let go of it and understand people didn't know they uh, were uneducated. They, you know, they were just in a state where they were trying to learn a lesson and it was coming. Um, the next thing that I really want people to listen to and pay attention to, this is a big one. And I have found this uh, with my clients. I'm going to ask you the question. It is important for you to know what your process for healing yourself is. Sit down and ask the question, what works for me when I am integrating the parts of myself that have been locked away? The rigidly built security structures we are trying to live within are our prisons. It will shatter. It is fragmenting us, separating us from one another, and causing us to drift into passivity. So this is, this is a time when we can do a lot of growing. 
when we can drop down into the body, we can learn some teacher who's teaching you breath work can help you get back in your body and feel that your body is safe, you're coming home, that you are supported and loved and held up by the universe, that all people around you are you. They're suffering the same dramas and traumas. They are uh, here learning the lesson that they have to learn. They're in a body and it's not a party. <laughs> That's my little peg. I'm in a body and it's not a party. <laughs> so um, I really want to share with everyone that being in a place where we don't want to look at things, where we just want to blame somebody, we just are spiking our emotions all the time, is ending up costing us. It puts us in a place where we're not managing our own system well. We're not managing our lives well. We're not staying healthy. We're not watching our finances, our breath, our relationships with people. And we are in a place now where the only way we can heal ourselves is to give ourselves space. Slow down. Step back. Ask questions. What am I feeling? Where is that coming from? What am I supposed to learn right now? Instead of grabbing and getting hard and hating and defending, we need to create space. And the good news is, isn't this beautiful? That when we are able to heal the trauma that we have experienced as from being in a body, being in a ancestor line, um, we pass it on. When we heal our jaggedness, our fear, our terror of everything that moves, our urge to, to hate and blame and find a reason outside of ourselves so that we don't have to own our own emotions. We heal ourselves. And when we heal ourselves, the Taoists will tell you, they've known this forever, you heal the people that go forward in your family line. You are healing on a molecular level in a biological way. And I can tell you I have experienced this because in the last seven years, I have become increasingly healthy. All the tests that I have run every year show that each year for seven years, I am showing up as younger, I am showing up as more radiantly healthy, I am showing up as more resilient, 
and I am talking physically. This happens when our relationship with our body is that we are in it. We drop down into the body with a breath to our high heart, to our bellies, and down to the ground. And I did not set out on this journey. I didn't have a target that I wanted to have the bone mass density of a 20-year-old or organ function of a 30-year-old or no signs of cancer polyps showing up after years and years of them being harvested. It was because I wanted to learn how to be calmer and happier and more content in my life. And I, I see that I have only a few minutes left. Um, I want to talk to you about indicators. If you have a Fitbit, it will tell you how much REM sleep you got in a night and how much deep sleep you got in a night. REM sleep goes into your brain and stops inflation, uh, inflammation. So inflammation in your brain means it's not working that well. You know, it's like my car, I had to have the alternator replaced. You know, like, why isn't it working? Well, the alternator is screwed. So we're trying to think our way out of all of these trauma situations. We need to make sure that the brain is functioning really well. So check out how much REM sleep you're getting a night. And um, make sure it's over an hour, you need that. Deep sleep heals the body. So if you have a cut, a hurt, a sprain, a problem somewhere in your body, the deep sleep is going to go in there. And, you know, all the little invisible workers, <laughs> worker cells are going to be just rebuilding themselves and uh, you end up being much, much healthier. So the things I really want you to focus on is there are layers to our system. There are layers to who we are. And we need to figure out what our operating system is. We need to figure out what our values are, our beliefs. What is our lighthouse? What are our values? And be in a place where we're shining a light and not just reacting. I am going to take the last few minutes to read a poem that I, uh, I wrote the other day. It's called Being an Overwhelm. The wind tore the branches from my tree. The violent aftermath of storm across my yard. One small black stick clinging to my roof, hanging off, too late to save itself. My neighbors talk of the dog's wind-orchestrated barking terror most of the night. But I slept through it all. This morning, I thought about how a person can just let destruction happen without the fear. What if 
we just waited to walk between the rubble, the twisted limbs, the unimaginable damage. Some things are just too terrible for us to think about, for us to prevent, we might say. So um, I would like to encourage you, if you want to have a reading, uh, I can read cards. We can set up a life plan for you, some goals that you're going after in the future to get a hold of me. Also, please go to my blog, sherihansen.com, and subscribe. I'm always sharing anything new I'm learning because I'm just so curious. I mean, what is this thing being alive? What is this thing being in a body? What is this thing navigating changes and energy and systems? And um, how do we get to a place where we can slow down enough so that we see the beauty in the small, the beauty in a leaf or see the beauty in you know the squirrel digging up my flowers on the deck <laughs> and laugh <laughs> so i ask you to sit down and figure out what your operating system is i ask you to sit down and figure out what your process is for healing trauma in your life. And I ask you to sit down and create space. Pay attention to when you are simply letting old habits, old addictions, old methods, old patterns run your life. And you do that by being still because then you can feel it you're going to run out and get a toenail clipper i'm warning you don't go there <laughs> so um shauna i think uh 